and welcome to the Engineering Your Farm podcast. This podcast is produced by the Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Field Agricultural Engineering Team. Welcome to the latest episode of Engineering Your Farm. I'm Brian Doherty, Extension Field Ag Engineer with Iowa State University. And we have a very timely topic for today's podcast. I'm sure you've all heard about, if not directly experienced, the high prices that we've been seeing for nitrogen fertilizer. Today, we're going to be discussing an innovative new system that producers could use to produce their own green anhydrous ammonia right on the farm. My guest today is the board chair and CEO of Fuel Positive, a company whose mission it is to develop practical, clean, and sustainable carbon-free solutions that can be implemented economically right now. Joining me today is Ian Clifford. So, Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Brian. So just to kick things off here, can you uh, give us a little bit about uh, your background and how you ended up with your current role at Fuel Positive? Sure. Yeah, and no, I'm happy to do that. I've had a quite a, a range of trajectory in my in my careers over my lifetime, but um, about 15 years ago, I became very interested in electric vehicles and uh, uh, and started um, an electric car company back in uh, early in 2000 and. We sold neighborhood electric vehicles, um, predominantly in the United States, and sold over a thousand vehicles between, I guess, 2006 and 2008, and uh, became one of the largest electric car companies in the world. But was very interested in battery technology uh, as well, which uh, we continue to pursue. Um, but about a couple of years ago, the core team uh, at Fuel Positive was introduced to a um, a modular, scalable uh, green ammonia technology uh, being developed just outside of um, outside of Toronto. Um, so we did a lot of due diligence on that and um, and secured that technology in April of 2021 um, and filed a uh, provisional patent in in June of 2021, which went non-provisional um, just this past June uh, 2022. And this technology, of course, looks at um, one of the key um, inputs in farming, and that is, of course, nitrogen and nitrogen fertilizer, um, amongst other applications for uh, for green ammonia. So, became very, very interested in that market. And as a child, actually, my parents had a family farm, and uh, which more was more of a hobby farm outside of Toronto. So, when I was a teenager, I had my own little tractor and combine and. <laughs> I did farming then at a very, very small scale, just probably about 80 acres of farming, but enough to learn some of the, the key things about, about farming as a, at, a, at, a, at a young age. So having appreciation for farming, of course, that has existed through my life in that context. Great. So you're currently the uh, chair and CEO of Fuel Positive. So can you just tell us a little bit more about who Fuel Positive is and uh, what you're up to there? Sure, absolutely. So we're uh, we're a Toronto, uh, Canada-based company with operations in um, in the Kitchener Waterloo area. So we're around um, uh, that's southwestern Ontario. Uh, very large agricultural communities in our area, uh, including the University of Guelph, which is one of the top agricultural universities in the world. So uh, we're doing some great work with Guelph um, on our technology. Um, I am, as you said, the chief executive and, and chair of our board. We're a public company. We trade on the Toronto, Venture, Toronto Stock Exchange on the Venture Exchange. Uh, we also trade in the U.S. on the OTCQB uh, market there. Um, so we have a, a large shareholder base um, throughout, uh, throughout North America. 
who are all very curious as to what's happening in the company. Um, we're a pretty transparent company. We really like to keep um, the public up to date in terms of where we're, uh, where we're at in our progression. Your flagship product right now is, a, I guess, a containerized system for producing green ammonia is how it's described on your website. So can you just give us an overview of how that system works? Sure. It's a, as you said, containerized. So um, uh, it's designed to to live on farm uh, with the end user. So the farmer is our is our customer, if you will. So we're not working uh, with uh, distribution or the middle people in um, in the fertilizer supply chain. We're going straight to the end user, uh, which is the farmer. So a very different business model than, of course, the industry, the traditional uh, traditional gray ammonia industry. It's containerized in the sense that uh, a 100 metric ton per year system uh, would fit uh, in optimizing about two uh, 20-foot shipping containers. So again, not a huge footprint. Um, and the output of our initial system is 100 metric tons or about 300 uh, kilograms uh, per day of production. Obviously, to produce green ammonia or carbon-free ammonia, you've got to be connected either to a green grid or you need to have renewables on farm uh, to produce your output. Uh, And that could include wind or solar or geothermal or what have you. Our initial system is um, going on to um, an 11,000-acre predominantly uh, grain-based farm in uh, Sperling, uh, Manitoba, so just outside of Winnipeg. They, that particular farm consumes uh, between 500 and 700 metric tons of uh, anhydrous ammonia per year for their fertilizer needs. Uh, so ultimately, they would end up with uh, a number of our systems on farm to meet their complete output. Um, Manitoba is a great starting place for us. Uh, it's a green grid, uh, predominantly hydroelectric. Uh, it's very low cost energy, so about six cents uh, Canadian per kilowatt hour. Um, which means that a farmer using our system today in Manitoba connected to the grid uh, could produce a ton of uh, green anhydrous ammonia for about $520. So that's roughly their OPEX, uh, which, of course, today compares to prices. We've seen prices anywhere from $1,500 U.S. to uh, over $2,000 U.S. per ton. So um, definitely a, a very attractive time for farmers to look at, uh, at bringing everything, including control, uh, onto their farms. So uh, for our U.S. listeners here, I was just kind of doing the math in my head. So 100 metric tons production capacity per year, that'd be about 110 uh, U.S. tons or somewhere in the ballpark of uh, 220,000 pounds per year. So I was uh, looking at your process a little bit more, and it does take water for this conversion process. Um, How much water are we talking about, and would that be something that would be a concern in uh, drier climates? The expectation is not. um, To produce 300 kilograms of anhydrous ammonia per day uh, takes about 425 liters of water. The idea is that, and the design is such that uh, it's, it's highly efficient in terms of both energy and input consumption. So we look at that as, you know, sort of what a couple of dairy cows would drink in a day, to put it in literal context. Um, for most farmers, of course, that's not an issue. Um, and this is why a decentralized model is so interesting. So you can produce on site. Uh, without depleting your on-farm uh, input sources. So that's how it's designed. 
though I don't know if you have details to share, but uh, do you have any information on where you're at for the cost point on this as far as how much you'd be looking at for upfront costs versus ongoing annual operating costs? Yeah, no, we have. We um, Last month, we shared um, our MSRP on the system, uh, on a 100 ton per year system. Uh, and we've set that at um, uh, 950,000 Canadian dollars. Um, so uh, proportionately less in the US. That would include the hydrogen, nitrogen, uh, and conversion uh, technology. So that would be outputting then um, basically 82% nitrogen and hydrous ammonia. Um, it does not include storage. So uh, storage is an additional cost. Uh, and if renewables are required, um, so if the farm is not on a green grid, you'd need about a megawatt of solar uh, with uh, an amount of storage, uh, some storage, um, obviously, for that so that you could run your system uh, continuously. So if you were adding a megawatt of solar, a megawatt of solar now with storage is in the neighborhood of a million dollars. But the interesting thing about putting renewables on farm is that renewables where they sit now and solar where it sits now, you'd be looking at about two cents per kilowatt hour energy cost amortized over the lifetime of your, your solar system. Uh, and that would then reduce your OPEX on your fuel positive system, and you'd get output um, closer to about $225 Canadian per metric ton. Uh, but the amazing thing there is that you could then lock in that output cost over the next number of decades, right? So fuel positive system is designed for, to run you know, for at least 30 years in terms of the robustness of it, how we've engineered our system. And of course, solar, you know, solar today, you know, 20 to 30 year return is an expectation on solar technology today. So imagine you could lock in your supply and cost for this, the gray ammonia commodity price um, for decades. So this, of course, as you can imagine, resonates with farmers um, uh, tremendously, the idea that, uh, that you can let, get this level of control and security on farm for one of your most costly and, and variable inputs. So we started pre-sales about a month ago. The response we're getting is great. And, uh, and a lot of farmers who are really interested in, uh, in going fully off-grid and producing um, all of their nitrogen needs in an off-grid uh, environment with all of that security in place. Great. So just doing a little conversion here again. Uh, exchange rate right now, Canadian to U.S. is about 0.75. So folks can uh, do the math on that. So $950,000 Canadian system, that's about 715000 U.S. Of course, that could fluctuate up and down, but right now it's about 0.75. So I did want to ask, you know, you're in Canada right now. So are you mainly focusing on the Canadian market or are you reaching out to farmers in the U.S. for this system? So we, I mean, we're starting in Manitoba, as I said, because it's a it's a great mix of both a lot of anhydrous use today. So there's no adoption curve, no learning curve, obviously for farmers. You know, NH3 is NH3. Also, the vision and mandate of the company is to produce green ammonia, not gray ammonia. As I said earlier, you need a clean source of electricity to do that, carbon free source. Manitoba is perfect, and the cost per kilowatt hour in Manitoba is is favorable as well. So again, that's where we're starting uh, and got lots of interest um, throughout that province, but we're not limiting ourselves to Canadian distribution. So again, where you're sitting today, lots of interest coming in from your, your neck of the woods. And there's clearly need. 
and definitely um, a, a huge level of interest just given the um, insecurity that exists around uh, input costs today for farmers and, and nitrogen, of course, and fertilizer being you know, one of the major ones for many, many farmers. The other thing that's really interesting about what um, green ammonia can do is um, for things like grain drying, which of course is a huge consumer of propane and, and natural gas if you're on a natural gas uh, grid, um, is of course uh, replacing that fossil fuel with the green ammonia as the fuel source. So we're doing a lot of work right now um, at, the, in the, at the conversion level to take a traditional grain drying equipment and convert that then to run on, on anhydrous. And, uh, and that work's progressing. So again, a huge input cost for grain farmers, of course, is, is drying. And uh, the idea that you could then be producing all of your uh, fossil fuel replacement needs on farm as well, which another huge variable cost is, again, of great interest. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff you can do with green ammonia that doesn't make sense with gray ammonia that uh, that opens up a lot of opportunity for uh, for farmers. Yeah, that certainly sounds like that would be something that I'm sure many people would be interested in that application as well. So um, you mentioned you're you're starting to take uh, orders on these units. Um, any kind of time frame as to when you think your company will be able to scale this up and have these available for wider distribution? Yeah. So, I mean, we started pre-sales because we needed to start obviously doing that very significant material planning for scaling up production. So what our intentions are, I mean, we're starting now and announced that we're, you know, in a 10,000 square foot space today where, you know, we can produce two or three systems at once, um, but that we're limited to that. Uh, So we have an option on space um, on land near us to set up a 150,000 square foot production facility. Uh, that would be again working towards full automated production of our uh, of building our systems. You know, aiming at building a system every day or day and a half. You know, like uh, real assembly line production. Once we're set up, uh, and we expect that by the end of 2023, uh, that facility would be up and running. Um, the turnaround for delivery, depending on uh, where you are in the order queue, um, would be about a growing season. We figure it's about a six to eight month turnaround once we're in in full production. But we, that'll all be developing over the next 18 months. I recommend any of your listeners to reach out to us just to get into that initial queue. It, it's obviously a, a very consultative selling process because each farm is different. Um, all the requirements are different, as, as you well know. So we go through that process with every inquiry we receive uh, and determine where and if um, there's a fit. So you mentioned your main focus is direct-to-farmer here, but do you have any plans in the future to maybe scale this up and make larger units that somebody would buy? I'm just kind of thinking of a farmer that maybe isn't ready to bite the bullet and buy their own system. You know, what options there might be there? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, our intention is we're very much focused on a decentralized model here. The idea is that we believe that farmers have the ability, have the resources to produce their output on farm. And that by far is the most efficient model for farmers. Um, we, we can scale up and down our, our technology. So 100 tons a year is typical for anywhere from a 1600 acre to a 2000 acre operation. Um, as I mentioned, I think I, our initial system is going on to an 11,000 acre farm. So they'd need five or six of our systems ultimately. 
Uh, and there will be uh, cost efficiencies as they scale up, obviously, you know, adding systems, um, there's uh, efficiencies and savings there. We can also scale down effectively. So um, if you're a smaller operation, that's a possibility. We're also talking to farmers who are grouped together, um, who may, you know, co-invest in a system if, if that makes sense to them. Um, but the idea here is that we're trying to eliminate transportation and distribution entirely uh, and producing those inputs exactly where they're needed. Um, so that, again, is the, is the core of our model. Uh, we, we're not interested in, you know, doing small regional production. That's not our model at all. Um, and, and we think that it's farmers at the end use of the supply chain, which are who are hurting the most, um, who need the most support. Uh, and that's what we've designed our technology and our business model around. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm sure farmers will greatly appreciate that. So anything else I missed here as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation that you'd like to cover that we didn't get to? Well, just in terms of the types of farming um, that are relevant, I mean, we're we're also very interested in controlled environment agriculture. As we know, lots of farmers are transitioning towards more sustainable modes, uh, given what's happening in, um, you know, in weather and climate change and everything else. Uh, so we're a neat, a really interesting fit into that, obviously, because we're a continuous output system. Um, we can provide, you know, nitrogen at a at whatever rate would be required in in CEA. So that's something that's. Uh, so if any of your listeners are in CEA or or exploring CEA, uh, we'd love to talk to them in that context as well, because we think we've got a tremendous solution for farmers who are interested in transitioning, or farmers who are looking at CEA as uh, right out of the gate. So um, that's something that's uh, again of, uh, of great interest to us. Thanks so much, Ian, for being on the podcast today and sharing your thoughts on how farmers can produce their own green anhydrous ammonia. You can find more information about Fuel Positive and the green ammonia system at fuelpositive.com. You've been listening to the Engineering Your Farm podcast. 